Hello, hi, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Mawusi Raglan, known as Wu Rag, and I'm so happy to have Miss Luann Rodway with us today, all the way from Australia, yes. And she's going to talk with you all and share with us all about abuse. So we're going to go ahead and introduce Miss Leanne. Hi, Miss Leanne. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank I just I just want to correct you there at the beginning. You said Luann. Oh, Miss Leanne, Miss Leanne Rodway, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. It's okay. It's okay. I get called a lot of things. It's I okay. got it right the second time. You did. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much for joining joining us today. Thank you. It's my honor and my pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. You are welcome. So my first question I have for you today is, what do you think is important for the people to know about your story? That change is possible. You you don't have to live your future from your past. You're not broken, and you don't need fixing. You can just let it go. And I know how to do all of that. It's taken me a long time to get to where I am today, but it's possible. So tell us about your childhood. What was your childhood like? My childhood growing up, I was abused, uh, sexually abused, molested, groomed from age three all the way through. Um my parents were not good role models especially my mother um a lot of verbal abuse physical abuse um I lived it all pretty much and wasn't until my father died at age 14 and that's when I really started creating incorrect choices in my life how old were you when, when that started, when you started creating the different choices in your life? I, I was 15 at the time. So I was 15. I ran away from home at 16, ran off with um, another guy who groomed me during the period of my father's death. He thought it was great. Um, ended up having a baby at 17 and a half. By 21, I was pregnant with my second one, and that guy left me for another woman while I was eight months pregnant. And you were 15 at oh, that time. I, I was 15 when my dad died, 16 when I ran away from home, oh. 17 and a half by the time I had my first baby. And 21 when I had my second and was left at eight months pregnant um, to be a single mother to two boys. So I believe my life that I was a failure. Right, you were young. And I started creating a lot of choices coming from that on an unconscious level. I didn't consciously think that I was doing that but that I realize now that I 
know everything that I know now, that is exactly what I was doing. Because the, it all began the day my father died because I tried to give him CPR. He had cancer. He was, he was, he was dying. Right. So this was his, he took his last breath. I, I thought I could save him. I'm 15 year old, just turned 15 the month before. Right. And, you know, you learn in school, do CPR and you can save lives. So here I am, 15, I'm trying to do compressions on my father and breaths and bring him back to life because I didn't want him to go. I wasn't ready to let him go. Father, that was your dad, yes. Yeah. And so I, 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 I failed. It wasn't that I failed. That was his time. But to me at that time, I felt like I failed. Because you were so young. And my siblings and mother told me I failed. Oh, no. So I carried that with me. I came, I come from a very toxic family. So I was always very different to all of them. I was the good girl. So, and me and my mother never got on. I think it was because I was close to my father. I can't hear you anymore. Oh, right. I understand. Hear me now? Yeah. So who was the person that was the person that was abusing you? Was it someone that you knew? Was it a family friend? Yes. Okay. Multiple. And, And I realized now that when I, I did, I did a relationships course maybe two, three years ago, and I finally understood because we went into the Enneagram personality test. Yes. And I finally understood where I got my, how I created my personality. So it came from, because when I was young, I was a tomboy. I refused right. to wear dresses. Or I refused to look like a girl. <laughs> okay. So to me, in my little three and four year old mind was, these men keep touching me. I'm going to be a boy because boys don't get touched. Right. So I um, removed any form of femininity. I didn't want to be a girl. Boys had it way better than what girls did in in my little three right. or four year old mind. Right. You know? So that's understandable. I, I, I realized that I I rejected myself from that time. You were protecting you see, yourself. You were you were thinking you were trying to protect yourself from that time. Yeah. But right. at the same time, I was also rejecting myself. At the same time, right. You can but talk a little bit about I, I, I didn't know that, you know, obviously, you know, it's three, four years old. You don't know that what rejection is. You just know you don't want to be that so that you can't be seen. Right. So from that, I, between three, uh, birth and age five, you develop all your emotional set points. 
yes. as to who you are today and what you react from. So within that time frame, I had already developed. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. I'm insignificant. I don't belong and I'm not perfect. So those six sabotaging identities is what drives my bus today. Yes. Except now I'm aware of them. Right. You're driving. So you grow, you grow through life. Yes. Pardon? You learn from that experience. You're driving a different car, but in a new way. You're driving, but you're driving in a new way now. Yes. You can identify now. Yes. Go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm awakened to it. So instead of just driving blindly, I, I can stop and say, well, that's my turn back there. I'm getting off here. Yes. You know? So, and that's how I develop my life. And then that just became my belief about who I was, topped in with, I'm a failure. See, another, another aspect that I realized when I, I, I've done all my work on myself was that, see, I used to have this fear of public speaking, like literal fear. I'm shaking like this, tears. The whole body is just... It takes a lot to, to public speak. Yeah. So, um, and I also had fear of numbers. I still have fear of numbers. Hate them. Anyway, but um, but that all went back to um, a time in second grade where I was made to get up and say my times table in front of the class. So I was about age six, seven. And I, I didn't get them all right. So my teacher decided that she would make an example of me, sat me in front of the class, whacked me across the knuckles with the ruler and put this big hat on my head that read dunce. Yeah, because back in those days, you could whack a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, and then she had the whole class laugh at me. So that played into all my fear of maths. Of course. As well as public speaking, standing in front of people on an unconscious level. Today, I've removed those fears. I'm still blank with numbers, but who cares? Who needs numbers? You know, it's got other people, accountants that can do all that sort of stuff. So, so tell us how has this experience impacted your life? That experience impacted my life immensely. I always thought and throughout believed I was stupid. Throughout everything, how has everything impacted your life? Everything. It, it, as I said before, experience. I, I, I lived my life from being a failure. All those six sabotaging identities equals failure. So if my mother was calling me a fa failure, if my teacher was calling me a failure, if my siblings were calling me a failure, then I guess I must be a failure. So I live my life accordingly to that. 
So it impacted me immensely. I no longer believe any of those stories. Now, how did you get over that? How did you learn to deal with that and make it to where you are and who you are today? Well, I still had to go through a lot more stuff because I took all that into my marriages. How many times were you? I've I've been married twice. How old are you? I am now 57 years old. All right, 57. Congratulations. Thank you. But um, I didn't just survive my, my abuse. I'm thriving now from my abuse. Tell us a little bit about that. How are you thriving? My first, my first, well, let me go. My first husband used to beat me. Uh, I had fractures in my spine, dislocated hips. He almost put me in a wheelchair. I've had guns to my head. I've been raped multiple, multiple, multiple times. And the second husband was narcissistic. So he was all in my head. And I didn't understand that game whatsoever because I'd never experienced a lot of this, a lot of physical, but I'd never experienced that crazy torture of a narcissist before. And that one almost took me. I was in and out of the mental health system for years. And I was on suicide watch every day for the last two years of it. Suffered PTSD, chronic fatigue, depression, panic attacks, you name it, I had it. And it wasn't until 2015 I took control of my life. Congratulations. How did you do that? How did you finally say enough is enough? I'm going to take control of my life now. When did you finally get clarity? My, my niece knew that I was really suicidal. And she came, she called me one day and said, Auntie, I've just been to this um, seminar down in Brisbane, which is like by car. It's a good 10 hour drive. So she said, I need you to come down to this seminar. It's really going to help you. I was like, tiny, I, I can't come. I can't, I can't even leave my bed. How do you expect me to get on a plane? She said, no, you really need to come to this. This is going to transform your life. And so I did. I somehow, because it was either, I, I had two choices at that time, either save myself or kill myself right they were my two options and I really didn't want to die I just wanted to kill the situation that I was in yes not myself right so I I ended up going down to this seminar I booked a plane and I flew down and it was a two-day seminar on tapping EFT but not normal EFT it was faster EFT you tap dicks it's a much faster way 
And I just sat there and I just watched people transform in front of my eyes this entire weekend. I didn't have any work done on myself. Okay. Um, and I thought, oh, this looks all pretty good. I'm very interested in learning about this. So it wasn't until I was leaving to go home and I was sitting at the airport and the sister of that niece I went to the seminar with called me and said, Auntie, Auntie Debbie just died, who is my sister. Oh, no. And I'm at, I'm at the airport, ready to get on a plane to go home. So the last time I saw my sister, it wasn't good. She it was quite toxic and it wasn't good. So I was wrapped with all this guilt, blame and shame. So I sat there and I thought, well, maybe I'll try and do this tapping. So I did. I just sat there. I'm trying not to cry and bawl my eyes out in the airport. So I'm, I'm doing all this because instead of tapping like this, you can just rub your eye massage. So that's what I started doing. And, and I just kept doing that. And I'm saying... I release and let go all this guilt, all this blame, all this shame. And I kept doing that. And I did it all the way on the plane. And it's just holding me, barely holding me together from breaking down. And I managed to get home. And I just broke down. And I just kept doing it. And I kept doing it. And I kept re-imprinting memories that I, I saw them do. So I in I would get that last image I had of her and I together, which wasn't good, and I pushed it all the way to the background. So it was just on the horizon in my mind. And then I recalled a happy memory of the two of us when we were younger. And I put that there, and I just kept tapping that memory into my um, mind, yes, into my consciousness. And until... I couldn't see that last memory anymore. And I, I kept doing that. That was 8 o'clock in the morning I got that call. It was 12 o'clock by the time I fell asleep, exhausted. The next morning I woke up and I was happy. Like, I mean, bouncing off the walls with freaking happiness and I didn't know what the hell was happening. I'd actually even forgotten my sister died. What? It was two hours before I remembered that my sister died. No way. Yeah. And then I'm like, Debbie died. And I kept saying it over and over and over and trying to bring up the emotions that I was feeling yesterday. And there was nothing. Zip, zero, nothing. All I could see was her happy, me happy, playing as kids. That's all I can remember. Okay. So it was just, it was just, I was filled with love and happiness for her. So all the, all the sadness, all the grief was just gone. Release yourself. Well, yeah. Great. That, because I feel personally that you need to do that, not really break ourselves down and, and not move forward that's where self-development and all that comes in mm. you know it gets you prepared for the, 
the bad times and the traumatic times because we all we're all going to face hard time and difficulty times. Life is like a roller coaster. Sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. But it's exactly. about how do you get back up? How do you get back up? How do you keep getting back up? You see, what would you like to share with your audience if they are facing abuse today, even if they're a child or someone that is an adult, someone that's in a teen, that's a teenager? What would you? Well, I'm just gonna deal with adults and teenagers that will understand this that if you are suffering reach out to somebody don't stay because you love them love doesn't hold anything together love doesn't fix anything love doesn't not resolve anything. If you're not in alignment with your own self, you have to, what I realized was that my abuse happened because I chose, it's a choice. I chose to stay silent as a child. I chose to stay silent as a teenager. I chose to stay silent as an adult out of fear. And that's the worst possible thing that you can do because that choice becomes your way of living, of moving forward. You continually carry that with you all through your entire life. So I realized, especially in my marriages, is that I enabled that. I created that. How? You see, you can't control what somebody else does. You can only control you. You can only control your thinking, words that come out of your mouth, and your reactions and actions in life. Everything outside of you, you can't control it. All you can do is focus inside on what you can control. Don't worry about going to the police if you need them. Go. Absolutely go. They are doing wrong. So it's up to you to stop that. If you continue to allow it, you're enabling that. You're teaching them how to treat you. And I want to say this to women, especially women. Ladies, you are worth more than a bunch of flowers. You are worth more than a romantic dinner after he's beaten you. This isn't an apology. This is another sucker. Stop devaluing yourself. Take ownership 
and learn to respect yourself because we are not taught from children how to love, how to respect ourselves, how to value ourselves. We are taught how to manipulate. We are taught that we must get something. So in order to get love, we have to do something we don't want to do. You know, our parents use it against us. If you don't sit there and be quiet, I'm not going to give you any dinner. If you don't do this, I'm not going to give you a hug or kiss. If you don't do this, I'm not, you're going to be a failure and blah, blah, blah. They feed us all these lies and manipulation that become our story as to who we are. And it's not true. All your beliefs don't even belong to you. And it's even proven now through neuroscience and epigenetics that we actually carry within our DNA all memory from past generations that comes through our DNA. So belief systems that you, you have worked on and you can't get rid of, they're not yours. When you have those aha moments and you think, oh my God, that was so brilliant. Where'd that come from? That's from the past. Generations feeding you your brilliant, authentic um, ideas. Because that's who you are. You're actually born a creator. So I teach women how to create. I have a signature system uh, that's in my new course, Relationship Revolution that teaches you how to become the powerful creator that you were truly born to be by removing all the resistance. You don't need to look at all that trauma and stuff. You do it in your own head, but me as a coach, as a mentor, I don't ask you about it because I don't want you rehashing it. When you rehash it, you're re-imprinting it. So it never goes. See, I was doing all this self-development work on myself. Lisa Nichols was my mentor for eight months. I, I worked with um, many other coaches, did lots of relationship courses, but I always found that I was being pulled back to, I'm not good enough. Why? Because it's your identity. We develop this identity from when we're little. So even though you do all this work on yourself and you know what you know about yourself, as soon as you come into this problem-solving structure, see, we have this identity of our current reality, okay, who we yes. are today, yes. and we want to create a better life over here, okay? So what happens is when we start moving that needle forward, a problem will crop up. It's resistant. It's, and the resistance pulls us out of alignment with, with our true choice mm -hmm. because it's not really a true choice because we're still saying life will be better when, when I get over there. <laughs> How about life's good now? Right. 
you have everything you want right now. Absolutely. But it takes work to get here. It takes work to I get here. I feel that people don't. I am not saying it's easy at all because it's not. And if anybody tells you it is, then they are liars because they, it's just not. You have to do your work. People don't, are not willing to change and to do their work. And if you want to be in a better situation, you have to move and move fast because yes. this can cost you your life and your mind. Your mindset means everything. Your mind, it's not, see, this is the mistake of the self-development world. It's not just your mindset. No, it not your Emotional. It is your emotional set points that creates this thinking thinking. So we can wake up in bed feeling a certain way before we've even had a thought. Right. You know, you know that saying, oh, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, it's true because you wake up with this feeling and then that just sets the tone for the rest of the day and you haven't even had a thought. It's um, your emotion. You have, yeah, well, you have to work on that. You can't, you have to work on being better. I feel that I'm big on self-development. I'm big on the mindfulness because it's true. I am big on that. And I, it, it is true. Like, I feel that most. It, but it takes work to get yourself out of the situation. I feel a lot of women, they don't get themselves out of situations. So yes. It, it because, must- because it's all about your identity. You see, you get a benefit from staying stuck in that. Poor me, victim. There's a benefit. Whether it's negative or positive, it doesn't matter. It's still a benefit. Why do they think it's this benefit? Why is it a benefit? Yes. Because it it keeps you safe. Because you get attention. You know, when you complain about your life, you're getting attention. From the abuser or from other people? From other people. You know, Um, the benefit from staying there is, is just because it's easier we think we're doing it to save um, because we have no money. We make all, all these excuses as to why we can't leave. And I know I've been there. I've done it. I lived it. Absolutely. I was married for 13 years. I stayed in it far too long. The next one was nine years. I stayed in that far too long because of kids. Right. You know? Oh, the kids will be better off if I stay. No, they won't. They are traumatized. I don't think women from you staying. I don't think that a lot of people think that when they're in that situation. I know they don't, but I've watched it. I've seen it. I've witnessed it from kids when I, when my sons grew up, who they are now as men. It affected them. It does. It, my my stepkids, it affected them. You know, it's just staying for all the wrong reasons is not a reason to stay. Absolutely. We think we're doing the right thing. And, you know, it feels like we're doing the right thing for them, but it's not because they pick up on everything. They pick, they're sponges. They're sponges. And they just... You don't even have to say anything. They they pick up on your energy. 
everything. Just like when we were children, you picked up on your mother and father's energy. Yeah. The way that your mother treated you. Yes. And then with that as a child, that affected you. And it's why, you know, why would you, why do you treat me that way? Children know. I remember when I was a child, I know how my mother and father treat me. They loved me. They make me feel safe. So it's very important for a mother and a father to keep their children safe. But yes. But that today, you know, what's going on in this world is tragedy of the things that's going on in this world. And and that's the reason why we're here, because you made it out of that abuse. And what's your life today for you? you My life is great today because I I moved beyond even the tapping and discovered that um, the answer as to why we were being pulled back with our identity and structure and how it all, what's, see, fear is actually your friend. You have nothing to fear but fear itself. The only time you need to fear is when somebody's coming at you to physically hurt you. When you feel that fear inside, it's actually saying to you, hey, something's not right. I'm here to protect you. I'm letting you know that something doesn't feel right. So either you're not prepared for something, you don't know enough, or you just don't, uh, you're creating the wrong choices. So that's when fear comes up and it's tapping you on the back saying, hey, I'm here. I'm your friend. I'm not your enemy. I'm just letting you know that something doesn't feel safe. depending on what it is right and it's depending on what it is but it's letting you know that you know we've been here before and here we are again listen to it listen to that fear listen to that intuition if it doesn't feel right it is not right don't don't make excuses for that feeling God gave us intuition for a reason. Except we block it. We block our natural ability to create. We are born from love to create with love. But between birth and age five, all of that creating that we were born with gets blocked with all of our parents' beliefs and stories and everything else they fill us with and then it's school and then it's government and society and nothing belongs to you very little because we're not living our authentic truth you have to work on it you have to work on it and you know what is sad is that majority of the people And it doesn't matter what country you travel to. I've traveled to a lot of countries now. And people just don't know what they love. People don't don't know what what it is that they're they're even here to, to do. They won't take the time to find out who they are. No, it's because um, it comes from our identity. It comes from our childhood of becoming. If you go into the Enneagram and uncover 
your personality type, that is exactly why you don't know. It'll tell you everything, um, especially people pleasers. You know, we do everything to please everybody else but ourselves. We think we're doing the right thing, and I'm 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 a people pleaser. Okay, are you? So when, yeah, when, when I, I was I was crying, right? Really, I did not know how to say no to anybody. But it wasn't until three years ago when I was living in Egypt and I did this relationship course and I found that I was using my good girl to try and get things from people because that's what I learned when I was being molested and groomed. Right. Right. You didn't know. Right. You you started at a young age. Someone assaulted. Yeah, you, you you don't consciously think I'm a people pleaser. No, you just, you think you're really doing the right thing. But the truth is, underneath the layers of all of that is you're looking for validation. You're looking for acceptance. You're looking for belonging. You're looking you for all this, everything. Emotional craziness. Why did this happen to me? You start questioning, yeah. of course. It, so it, it, all, it carries through right and you don't even know it, you're doing it, it or maybe no. you unless until you become aware of your personality type you you're running on unconscious belief systems about yourself yeah you know, your identity is driving your bus from that little girl because who you were then is who you are now emotionally so all your reactions are not actually about what's happening now. It's about that very first time you experienced that. That is what that feeling is. It's not them. So even when someone's standing there yelling at you, your reaction is not actually about that. It's about that very first time you felt that feeling. That's deep. So every time when I did that EFT stuff and tapping way back in 2015, I was trying to work on my ex-husband at the time. Not once did anything come up about him. It all went back to my childhood and came up about my mother. Of course, of course. Of course. Listen to your story. Yes, of course. So it... it it was all about that, all about that very first time you feel some, felt something. Because what comes out of another person's mouth is about them. And the way you react is all about you. They don't have a remote control saying, be angry, be sad, be happy, be loving. No, that comes from you. So you have to learn how to take ownership and be accountable to yourself. Did you ever get counseling? Did you get help through those times? I I tried counseling when I was married um, before I got divorced. Um, I was seeing a psychologist when I was in and out of the mental health system every week. None of it helped. I was medicated to the eyeballs. 
And then when I started doing this tapping and I was going and seeing them, they're like, Leanne, what happened to you? You're a totally different person within. Because I decided, I made the choice right then and there when I realized my sister, when I'd let go of all that stuff about my sister. Yes, you did the tapping. That I decided I wanted to do that course. So I hired all these coaches to work on me. Within three months, I was no longer on medication. I was, I'd no longer had fibromyalgia. I no longer had to go and see all my psychs and counselors and everything else. I gave myself permission to feel what I was feeling <laughs> to let and to let it go. Yes. I didn't need anybody else's permission. I gave myself permission because I, I, I'm a very sensitive soul and, and an empath and I feel everything way deeper than everybody around me. And I allowed myself to just go into the hellfire and just face it all. And I did all that. And it changed my life. But now I've found something even faster. And this is what I'm teaching now. It's all about creating. And it's not even about having to go into all that stuff that I went to. Because we don't need to look at that. So how do you teach? I, I, I teach people. Out? I teach people how to create. Um, so I broke and create into, was it anagram? So the C stands for creating conscious relationships, understanding your core values and understanding the eight ineffective ways we create choices from. The R stands for your reality, your current reality versus your desired reality. And Understanding what your true end result is. It must come from your heart and not from a problem-solving structure. That's right. The second R is responsibility. Taking ownership of your own life, being accountable to yourself on a soulful level. Tell us a little bit about that soulful level so the audience can understand. Okay, this was the most, you see, I haven't told you yet. When, when I was, uh, when I got divorced, yeah. I ran away to Egypt. I, I built myself an inspirational education center there and I stayed there for the next four years. I only came back the end of 2019. So I'm rebuilding my life again now. Oh, how um, But it was I realized I, I didn't know on an unconscious level I was running away. I just thought I just want to get away from him as far as possible because he's a narcissist and he will find any way to get back to me. So that's where I ended up was in Egypt. And it was, I got into a relationship there and I realized that 
I was still reacting the exact same way, even though I'd let go all of this other stuff. I found that I was being pulled back and reacting to my triggers still. And it wasn't pretty. You were going through a lot. And and I I didn't like it. I didn't like the person that I still was being. And I realized that. How old were you at this time again? It was three years ago, four years ago, four years ago when I actually did this. Yeah. So I was at 53, 53. Right. Yeah, you were still young. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So I'm a slow learner. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) I go slow, but I keep going. (laughs) That's it. I, I don't stop. Yes. Because I was stuck in that trap of um, love, you know? You need a man to feel anything, to be anything. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. No, no, right. you don't. Anyway, um, so I'm in Egypt. I'm in a relationship that wasn't giving me what I wanted. So I'm in reaction again, even though I've done all these other courses and everything else. I even asked my relationship coach, why is it if we know what we know that we're always still pulled backwards? And his answer was, and he's American, when I know, I'll tell you. So that just floored me. I I thought, (laughs) is he serious? Yeah. And So I I ended up just delving into myself. I said, okay, I need to stop blaming others for my life. I need to take control of myself. That's all he had to tell you. (laughs) So I looked at at who I was being as a wife, as a mother as a daughter, as a sister, as a friend, as a colleague, as a boss, who was I being? It had nothing to do what others were doing to me. It was all about who I was being. So I, I, I sat there, I wrote down and re- went back through every single thing I did to other people all my reactions even if they did bad to me my reactions and if you're watching the Amber Heard and um, Johnny Depp case at the moment this is a very good example okay yes he is abusive but so is she she is a manipulator And she's playing up the victim. And because she's living in an anger, poor me, little girl. And this is what I was doing also. So even though they were attacking me, I was also attacking them. So it's not just a one-way street. Oh, when it comes to, okay, are you talking about when it comes to abuse? Yeah. Okay, so it takes two to tango, basically. You're it saying. takes two to tango. It's a two-way street. You, you know, it's 
if they're yelling and abusing you and you're yelling and abusing back, you are being just as vindictive and nasty and horrible as they are. But what about they're hitting you and you're not hitting them back, Leanne? <clears throat> well, I did used to hit back in the end. <laughs> well, that's because you started fighting them back. Yeah, but um, no, if they're hitting you and you're not hitting back, then that's different. But I'm talking about, I am talking about the vitriol that comes out of your mouth back at them. Because you're just you're just fueling the fire, right? And that you're just fueling the fire, and it gives no man any excuse to freaking touch you whatsoever. It doesn't matter if you're yelling at him or whatever; he has no right to lay a finger on you. I'm hearing you say she just needs to get out. She needs to get out. And if it's right first, if it's a man that's abusing your woman. Your lady, your wife, your girlfriend's hitting on you. You need to get out as soon as possible. Yes. And it is a two-way street that women do abuse men also. So I'm not just saying that it's only women that are victims because men are also. So I like to include that because I've seen it way too many times. Yes. Um, You know, I've seen it within my own family. The abuse on the men on little boys are high. The abuse on women are high. The numbers are high. They say out of one out of five women are getting, well, if you have five women, one of those women are getting abused in that group if it's five of them. It's four little boys. Out of those four little boys, one of them are getting abused. Yes. Am I right? Yes. And so the numbers are high and it's costing people their lives. And, and the abuse has changed, you know. It's not just beatings anymore. It's actually murders, yeah. you know. It's both mo- mothers and fathers using their children as weapons against each other. Yes. Because of their own anger and vindictiveness. And this is why I say it's a two-way street. Yes. You, know, because- you can't just blame one over the other because I've seen it both. Yes. You know, but the level has escalated beyond anything. I don't know about over there, but over here, we've had um, husbands set their entire families on fire. Yes, ma'am. And it just happened a couple of days here. We were hearing. Oh, no, it's, it's here. It's nationwide. It's all over the world. They're losing yeah. their minds. Yeah. And people ask, how do we solve this problem? Well, we cannot solve the problem as long as you want to be an ostrich and keep your head in the sand and keep playing the victim because you keep the cycle going. If you're staying in that, if you're refusing to change, if you're refusing to take control and accountability for self, you are keeping that cycle going and you are teaching it to your children. Your children see everything. They hear everything. They feel everything. And they grow up thinking it's okay to be that way. We as mothers, especially as mothers, 
we need to stop raising our male children to be somebody, to be grown up adult men when they're still little boys. Don't cry, it's weak. Don't do this, it's weak. Stop teaching your sons that it's weak to feel their emotions. This is the problem. That's you have to allow them to feel their feelings. God gave us feelings for a reason. He didn't just give women feelings. That's right. He gave men feelings also. And when a male child is growing up and they're constantly told, don't cry, it's weak. Don't feel, it's weak. So they're stuffing it down and they're stuffing it down and they're stuffing it down until it's up to here. And what happens? It's got to explode. How's it explode? Through your, their fists, through their mouths. Because they've got no other way to express because that's all they know. Because that's the male way. Yes, I saw a little boy literally. I didn't see him, but they said on the news he was beat to death. And when the father, the mother's boyfriend, and she was there watching it, was hitting a little boy, he was telling a little boy, keep, like, stop crying. Be quiet. There's, and the little boy's, like, laughing while he's getting hit. And that's, I mean, it cost the little boy his life. He had, like, 47 fractures in his body. But these cases are not even, even unheard of. It's happening on a it seems like a, it's, know, it's, a weekly, daily or a monthly basis. This it, is- it, it's a daily thing. It's a daily thing around the world, you know. And what the hell is going on in these people's minds that they think it's okay to treat another human being, yet alone a innocent little child that way? It's all about power. They feel powerful that they can control this kid like this. No, that's when they're weak. That is not power. That is just abominable, atrocious. I, 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 I don't even like to think about it. I watch it. I watch all these missing kids stuff and everything like that. All the abuse. I watched that series on that little Hispanic boy that became yes, Hernandez, the little yes, yes. I couldn't watch it the whole way through. I I was oh my I bawled I bawled my entire heart out. It's like how? And then a week later, another boy suffered the exact same. How are they falling through the cracks in the system? That's how are we as parents allowing this? How are we as mothers allowing strange men to take care of our kids? How? That's what we want to know. How are, How is this happening? The in the zoo in the animal animal kingdom in the in the animal world, the apes protect their babies. And you mean to tell me us as humans can't protect ours? This is really happening in the world, ladies and gentlemen. This needs to be addressed. Women need to step up and stop choosing the wrong male roles 
to be in their lives and be around their kids, period. Yes. And I think because of that, a lot of kids, they lose their lives because they play this game with their children. They play this game with their children and those babies are losing their lives. Yes. Yes. And, and they protect the, the men <laughs> and not, don't even care about the kid. At all. Why? Oh, because I get sex, because I get drugs, because I get this, because I get that. It's all about what you get. We're They don't care. They just don't care about what happens to anything else. We are asking the world, we're asking you, if you're listening, please help someone if you know that they're getting abused or if you're the abuser please stop step up step up rise up be the human being that god created you to be he gave you a heart for a reason he gave you a mind for a reason he called us mothers for a reason He gave us that honor to give birth for a reason. He didn't give you the okay to take any child's life. Through murder, abuse. Nobody, nobody has that right. Nobody. If you know anyone that's in this situation or if you are the abuser, we would like to tell you to please reach out to someone and get help because we care and that's what we're here for to share stories with you so that they can relate so maybe you can relate to the stories and we and it can help you and it can impact your life in a way so that you can make a difference because it's important that we look after one another and spread the word it doesn't go away so that's why we're sharing stories miss leanne is here to share her story with you to impact your life and because of all the things that she's been through she is now a very successful woman today giving back to the community of mothers and teaching you how to become an impactful person in this world is there anything else that you would like to add i just want to add that this is why i created my create program is if i can save just one woman one family from going through what i had to go through and saving them from marrying the wrong person and putting your having children and putting them through divorce and all of that, then I'm happy with just saving one person, one family, one woman. But I would love to save so much more. But you have to find it within yourselves to be your own rescues. Nobody can save you but you. You have to put your hand out first for others to be able to grab a hold and pull you out of that cesspool of garbage and 
vitriol that you're living in. It's time, ladies, to rise up and rise above and become who you were born to be. Stop allowing circumstances. You have control. It's a choice. You can either choose to have a hard life or you can choose to create a better life for you and most of all, for your children, because it's not even about us, it's about them. It's about the next generation. Raising better human beings. We have enough issues in this world with COVID, with lockdowns, with all this bullshit going on around the world at the moment. It's time for you to stand up. So just they were put your hand out and say, please help me. And if they would like to reach out to you, how can they contact you? I'm on Facebook. Just look up my name, Leanne Rodway, R-O-D-W-A-Y. I'm Nutrigenetics Heart Transformations Mentor. You can find me on Instagram under Neurogenics Mentor, um, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Yeah, it's pretty. Are you on Just look up my name. You will find me. <laughs> All right. Yes, and definitely, if you follow my podcast, you will definitely find her. <laughs> yes. So think- you can also look me up at www leannerodway.com Is there anything else that you would like to say to our audience? Choose you. Choose you. It's all about you. It's not about them. Stop blaming. Stop living in blame, shame, guilt, revenge. Let it go. And your life will become so much more peaceful and joyful and loving and giving. Your whole world will change when you let go of all that garbage that you carry around on your back. The weight of the world will just drop off. Yes, it will. When you start living your full God-given gift life that he has given you and granted you and you have all the will in the world to move in any direction that you would like to move in but we we want you to move in a better direction for yourself if you're going through something today we want to let you know that you will get through it go for it and never look back that's why we made it to you miss leanne have been through some things in her life but she is here today to reach back and share with you like she did her story and if you would like to reach out to miss leanne you can okay and i want to leave you with it's fine today sure this world is full of trouble i ain't said it ain't Lord, I've been through enough and double reason for complaint. Rain and storm have come to fret me. Skies are often gray. 
thorns and brambles have come to beset me on the road, but say, ain't it fine today? What's the use in always weeping, making trouble laugh? What's the use in always keeping, thinking of the past? Each must have his tribulations, water with his wine. Life, it ain't no celebration. Trouble, I've had mine, but today is fine. It's today that I'm living, not a month ago, having, losing, giving, taking. As time wills itself, yesterday a cloud of sorrow fell across the way. It may rain again tomorrow. It may rain, but say, ain't it fine today? Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Mawusi Ragland, known as Woo Rag. Miss Leanne, you want to say bye? I just want to say a big, huge thank you for having me today. And I love that Maya Angelou poem. Love it. It gave me goosebumps. That one's by Douglas Maylock. Love it? Yeah. It sounded like Maya Angelou to me. Oh, yeah, because it was so good, right? Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. (laughs) Yes, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And if you're looking for some help, just reach out. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Enjoy. Bye-bye. I'll be in touch. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Thank you.